from Bakery Business Academy, welcome to the Kitchen Notes podcast, a show for bakers and food entrepreneurs who want to build profitable bakery businesses that make an impact in their communities. We're your hosts, Meg and Molly Sveck. Welcome back. Another episode of Kitchen Notes. Hey, what are we talking about today? We wanted to kind of take a trip back in the Wayback Machine. We had sort of a milestone month last month in terms of sales numbers. I want to do a whole episode on that. But in the meantime, I thought this was a good opportunity to sort of look back, reflect on how we started. Yeah. We had a very, I mean, it was a big, it was a big deal for us. We hit a hundred thousand dollars for the first month. The first time we've ever exceeded six figures in sales in a single month. So Meg texted me and she was just like, Oh my God, can you believe it? Yeah. (laughs) We, we were like, we both were pretty floored. We couldn't believe it kind of. Yeah. It's it's been a crazy few years for the business and it felt good to hit, hit something like that and be able to, you know, celebrate it. It was right. It felt really good. Yeah. Sometimes it's felt over the past few years that we just can't catch a break. I mean, yeah, we tried to open that second store it didn't work, end up working out. Mm-hmm. COVID then, then happened, we had COVID like a year later. Right. We had children, which isn't an interruption to the business, but it's hard to run a business when you have an infant. Mm-hmm. And then the shop flooded and we moved. And then the shop flooded and we moved. So I feel like every year has been some sort of wacky, like either a disaster or just like a major life event event yeah happening yeah. and i always felt like gosh we're never going to make that miles mm-hmm. it's something i always had in the back of my mind is like wouldn't it be cool if yeah and yeah. we finally hit it and felt damn good right also <laughs> the last few months for us have just been like very much like grind 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 right and we have all these ideas that we've tried been trying to like bring to fruition at the shop like new products we're trying to roll out we're trying to really dial in with our hiring and staffing and we've been making all these changes recently and it feels like wow these changes that we've made are really like wow they're paying off it's all starting to click into place like it's all starting to come together we've been talking about this and working on it and sometimes when you're in the day-to-day grind you feel like this is just always going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And then you get a win like that, which I wasn't even really expecting. Right. And you're, you're like in it doing the work and you're like, you know, I think this is going to help. I think that we're moving in the right direction. I think this is going to kind of like push us a little farther and the team is getting stronger and everyone is firing on all four cylinders doing what they need to do. Four cylinders. I think it's four. Is it? I don't know. No, I think I think it's eight. I think it's four cylinders. How many cylinders are we supposed to be firing on? Well, we're firing on four now. So if it's yeah, if it's more than maybe that, maybe we'll be firing I mean, on eight cylinders soon. Then we'll be really. Then we'll really be cranking. Oh my gosh. Wow. Anyway, anyway, we said, why don't we, I mean, as much as we want to like talk about that and all the ways that, you know, what we learned and how, how it happened and what it means to us, but we need to give you some context as to how we started and why it matters so much to us. I guess we didn't 
I mean, we are self-made. This, this shop is like bootstrap. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. (laughs) Meg and I built this from the ground up with not a ton of investment money. And it's just been like little by little. Right. And I think that's part of the reason I'm frankly like pretty proud of what we built is because it's not like we started with a quarter million dollar loan or a quarter million dollars of seed money or whatever. Like it was really like a lot of long days, hard work, us like putting in the time. And we still are there every day putting in the time, but it's very rewarding to look back and be like, wow, we really have come a long way. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been that long. I right. Mean, this is what it'll be six years. It'll be in the October. store will be six years in October. We incorporated in the 20... business in December of 2013. And then the store opened in October of 2016. Mm-hmm. So we're going on six years with the store and then we're going on in next year. It'll be 10 years wow. of the business. So That's crazy. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've been that dreaming on this for really a long old. time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we but started I mean, it when yeah. we were, I mean, we weren't married. Right. We didn't have the kids. Mm-hmm. We were in our early 20s, basically when we started. Yes. You got a lot more energy. <laughs> right. Right. Oh boy. So, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. So we, yeah, Molly and I, we're always like talking over each other, saying the same thing. So we kind of wanted to look back at how our humble beginnings and just sort of reflect on how far we've come. I thought that would be kind of cool. So how did we start? Well, Mal? we started baking pies out for just special orders out of my apartment in Pilsen in Chicago. Yeah. And that was in 2013 after we moved home from New York, New York. Yeah. I was waiting tables at honky tonk barbecue at the Mm. time and baking for people out of our apartment. How Um, did we get our customers back then? Like how did, I don't even remember. I think I had an Instagram account. Okay. I don't remember how I met some of the people. Because we did a couple yeah, weddings. Like, oh, we... through Honky Tonk, we got those weddings. Oh, you were right. Yeah, we did a couple wedding orders. That was very fun. We had a client, Narayan. I don't know how he found us. Maybe through Honky Tonk. I'm not even sure. Yeah, so we um, cobbled together a few customers. Right, somehow. a few customers. And then they just kept buying from us. We would hand draw the labels on all the boxes. And there's a I, picture of that in our Instagram from years ago. Oh, the yeah. The hand-drawn labels. Mm-hmm. And then we would just deliver them to people's houses. It was so fun. That was before we even did the farmer's market, before we had the shared kitchen license. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it was so. sort of a leap of faith to get into the, in retrospect, as we're like talking about this, it was sort of a leap of faith to go into the shared kitchen. I think back then I had no fear. Like I had no (laughs) real like idea what it felt like to fail, I guess. Like I had only really ever worked for other people like in their restaurants. And so that obviously like wasn't scary for me because it's like, oh, it's, it's a job. Like I'm definitely going to get paid. Like I'm going to work and then I will get money for my work. Right. But then like you start doing your own business and it quickly can become like, wow, this is actually, I have so much responsibility here. And like, I think that was one of the 
the driving things though, in the beginning was like, I had no like sense of how big it was maybe going to become, you know what I right. mean? You just like jump right in and you're like, yeah, I can make pie. Sure. Well, and we didn't have a thought of what we wanted to do. It wasn't like a clear picture when we started. We weren't like, okay, we're going to do the farmer's market for two years and then we're going to open a store and then we're going to grow it in this way. We were, we just wanted to bake, bake and get it in people's hands. We like that was our only to, focus. Right. We knew we wanted to make great pies with and like pa- the best pastries. Ingredients. You made all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like all these cookie recipes that I would make, like at all the restaurants for family meal. Basically, I just wanted to make like family meal dessert for like the masses. Yeah. For the masses. Yeah. Make pie out of like beautiful fruit from the Midwest. Right. That's what we do. Right. We just jumped right in. No fear. Well, no fear. (laughs) And for me, like I never thought I would be doing this full time. Right. I had a very different career, which I loved and I was happy in. And I just thought this would be a side hustle. Like this will just be, you know, I'll go to my job during the day and then we'll bake um, in the evenings and on the weekends. And I never thought at the time, like, oh, this will be my full time job. That it was going to grow into something bigger. Yeah. I, I never, I couldn't see how that would be realistic at the time. I guess what we like, have always done is like in the beginning, we were baking out of our apartment and then we started doing the farmer's market. It was like, oh, well, the farmer's market is going really well. The next logical step right. would be to open our own shop. Well, I do and remember we that like conversation. Figuring it out. Yeah. I do remember that conversation though, because it was, it was pretty intentional. It was like, holy, holy guacamole. The farmer's market is going actually great. We're selling out mm-hmm. every time we go. And we got into a good groove of it too, yeah. I felt like. And it was like we need we need to be doing more or you mm-hmm. know, we have the compat like we have the demand from our customers right. to be doing more. We have people want special orders. They want to be doing events. The farmers market's going really well. So it became a sort of a cost thing. It was like, well, we could book more hours at the shared kitchen but at what point are you paying? At what point is it cheaper for you to find your own kitchen that you can work out of at any time you want? Mm-hmm. Cause that was a challenge. We were working out of the shared kitchen in the middle of the night. Cause that was the cheapest right. time to rent it. We were like very much hacking it together, I would say. And it was going very well. It would be like, well, we made a a good amount of money this week. So let's buy some more Cambro containers and start storing more of the product or so we can bake more. It was very much like little by little by little. We grew. It's like, oh, we've got an extra 50 bucks. Let's upgrade the website. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, we've got an extra 100 bucks. Let's get new sheet trays so that we can bake more for next week. Or Yeah. And then when we found our space in Oak Park, and started to buy. Well, a quick backup, backup before you get there. We didn't just find that place in Oak Park. I mean, we looked right. at a lot of places in Chicago. We were Chicago. looking at places like within the city of Chicago and in Chicago ooh, proper. That was expensive. Number one, expensive. Number two, we had basically like very little money. So we knew yeah. that if we signed a lease, sure, they might give us a rent concession, but like the city of Chicago kind of moves at a snail's pace when it comes to right. like 
building permits and getting in touch with the health department and all the things that you need to do in order to open a food business in Chicago. And as we all know, the time is the money. So like we didn't have time to be like waiting on the health department or like the the city of Chicago. I was really worried we were going to sign that lease and then be like committed to paying rent, but not able to operate Mm -hmm. for 12 months. Right. Right. Which happens. I mean, that's businesses that happens Mm -hmm. to businesses all the time. So that was like our first taste of like, wow, is this actually going to be a possibility? And we sort of had written it off. Like we stopped looking at at spaces Mm -hmm. because we were like, what do we do? Like we had sort of... We had sort of ge- not Just given up, it, but it was like, like a, a we need, right. We, we need to pause. take a step back here. Like this isn't working. None of these right. places these places are so expensive, and they needed a lot of work. And right. it was like, well, they're too big. A lot of them are too big for what we needed. Right not zoned correctly. I think a lot of the smaller spaces like weren't zoned correctly. So that was like a real challenge was finding a space that was honestly like small enough. We knew we wanted like a very small space to start with. We just didn't want to be worrying every month about eventually when we had staff making payroll, about paying rent. Like it was just like, we didn't know kind of what was ahead of us. So we didn't want to make a big big commitment. Well, and I remember the conversation before we signed the lease, we wanted to be sure that whatever we signed, like God forbid, if we couldn't make the rent, like if the sales weren't coming in fast enough, that I could pay the rent, like with my Mm, corp, because I kept my job. Yeah. And we were like, well, what could I afford to cover? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. if I'm working... Um, so that was sort of like our limit. We were like, this is our budget because God forbid we don't make the rent. We're going to, the money's going to have to come from somewhere. So, so when we signed that lease, it was 800 square feet. When we finally found our spot in Oak Park. In Oak Park, it was not the vill- it was not the city of Chicago. It was in Oak Park, Illinois, just, just outside of the right. city. You can hop on the L train and be downtown within fifteen 20 minutes, minutes, twenty yeah. minutes, and you can see the city skyline from from where we were. So it was very close to the city, which was perfect proximity wise. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a lot of young families. It was really like perfect for us, like great community that was really kind of in need of what we were doing, I think at the time. And so, yeah, we jumped in, we got a loan from Axion, yep. which is a company or um, like a, it's like they're a national nonprofit, but they have different like branches or different, like, I don't know what you call it, like satellite. Right. They um, were such a great tool for us when we were first starting. Axion was like such a great connection. And honestly, I think still some of the people that come to our shop, like one of the, his daughter was working at Axion at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was like a great, there were a lot of people in the community that like had a connection connection to Axion. That's Um, a great resource because when we started, like no one would talk to us. No one would talk. We couldn't get a bank to, to they wouldn't give us a checking account, let alone (laughs) even a credit card or a a small business loan. So we kind of got laughed out of town. Yeah. Well, people were like, who are these two young chicks who don't know what the heck they're doing? They've never 
opened a business right. like this before. We had a business plan. We had a well, business we plan. We had to we write had, that to get right. the loan from Axie. Yeah, we had our business plan. We had our kitchen drawings. You know, we yeah. had our our list of our menu. We had as much as we could like piece together without actually being able to like show them like, Hey, this is me running my business because I don't have anywhere to run it out of really. But like we actually, we really did. I mean, like we knew what we were doing. I think we did. And we tried to focus on just like, what's the next step. I feel like if we had tried to wrap our minds around the whole thing, it was too overwhelming. So we, right. we just tried to focus on like, what do we need to do next? What's yeah. the next step? And let's get and there. Even and even backtracking to like, even just starting at the farmer's market, like that was a great learning tool for us because they make you get your, all of your serve safe stuff together. They make you get your certifications. They make you get your state tax ID number. Like you need to get all of your you need to tax be legit. stuff to get together. You need to be a legitimate business to sell at the farmer's market, at least in, in Chicago. Chicago. So that was like a big stepping stone for us. And that helped us get to the next point, which would be like finding funding for, right. for what we were doing. So Right. And I'm trying to remember how we heard about Axion. I think it was through SCORE. Remember we went to that business Mm -hmm. advisor at SCORE. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was great. It was sort of funny. He was like a super old white dude and he was like (laughs) trying to coach us on like business stuff. And we were like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I <laughs> he mean, gave us like a huge packet of information advice. and he was like, yeah. go do this do homework. And, yeah. And we did. And then I'm pretty sure he hooked us up with Axion. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. That was awesome. And then we signed our lease. Gosh. And yeah, we signed the lease in June of 2016 and we opened in October, October, the end of October, like Halloween weekend, October, which we didn't realize either. (laughs) Yeah. Our landlord was like, you need to be open for this weekend because there's a huge parade that goes right outside your door. And I remember it being like complete mayhem with children and families. It was awesome. It was like, it was a great weekend. to open. Yeah. It was an awesome weekend to open. Yeah. So um, that was really how we started. We drove to and and we didn't buy all of our equipment new. We like Yeah, there was a lot that happened there between like signing that lease and opening the store. It was like a frenzy for what was that? June, July, August, September. Like five months. We four had and a half our months. equipment list and like lists of everything we needed to do. And then I would like find a mixer on Craigslist for a great (laughs) price, but it would be like in Kentucky. And so (laughs) Meg and I drove in her Fiat to Kentucky and picked up our Hobart mixer. And we didn't realize that the mixer was super heavy and the whole way home, the Fiat was like dragging. Right. We knew it was heavy, but we didn't (laughs) think about it being inside the car heavy. Yeah. So a lot of that, a lot of moving, driving around the Midwest, trying to find equipment. We got our refrigerators from that couple in Michigan. We got the ovens from Michigan state. We got the mixer from Kentucky. We bought a lot of these like large kitchen equipment pieces from like obscure places, like out in the middle of nowhere in Michigan, and then stored them in the driveway of our parents' House, house covered with tarps. Yeah, and just wrapped in tarps for a couple months. Like a couple months. At one point, we were like, Let Dad, me find. Called, Dad called me. He was like, Is this stuff supposed to be getting all wet? 
I was like, nope, probably not. And then I, yeah, drive up there, figure it out, right? Rewrap it because the tarp had blown away. Right. We figured it out. I mean, we were like, oh, right. Let's buy this fridge for a great price. And then where do you but put where it? Do I put How it? do you transport it? Yeah, right. We figured it out. We rented U-Hauls and we moved the equipment ourselves. <laughs> right. Exactly. Call. We phoned a lot of friends. We'll have to put some photos of this oh my in gosh. the show notes for this episode. Yeah. I mean, we were, I was, and I remain really proud of that. We, frankly, we busted our asses. Like, because <laughs> we, we, we knew it was like, we had a budget. Yeah. We were like, here's how much money Axion gave us. I think it was $20,000. Yeah. yeah. And I put in a couple thousand dollars. And we put so, in our I money mean, from our, start after our wedding. To yeah. do a whole yeah. bakery build out, build an, literally an entire commercial kitchen from nothing. That place was a hair salon. We had to put in plumbing, electric. We had to the upgrade the panel. We had to do the venting. The grease trap. The grease the trap. Everything. Yeah. Like it was a huge project. And we knew here are our parameters financially. Right. So like a brand new oven just wasn't happening. Right. Like it was the, we found our it ovens, was the crappy $400 right. oven. We got two, <laughs> and this is actually a proud thing for me, two Blodgett convection gas ovens. Yeah. For, we paid $250 each, each. for them. And we were like, something must be and wrong And Meg and I showed up that morning at their like consign, it was like a consignment yeah. Michigan State University has for- like a has like a all shop. The equipment. It, it was like a big warehouse yeah. full of all their like equipment that they don't use on their in their like throughout the university. University like, grounds. Right. It'll be like science lab equipment. Desks. And, right. Desks, computers. Right. You and know. they had these ovens like sitting in the corner, which we didn't plug in before we well we bought, we had no way to test them because right. they were gas yeah they were right because they were gas exactly that's what it was we plugged them in and they were they the, the electric right. turned on so we but were we like did here we go and so it was Meg and I who showed up did we rent a U we rented a U we rented a U haul but the ovens didn't fit so we had to go back and get a bigger U haul right right and then they put them into the U haul with a forklift. And, and they then, dented them. Remember that <laughs> it was like a teenage boy right, using the like, forklift. Like skewered our oven right. With he was the like forklift. pushing them yeah. into the U-Haul like, with the forklift. Stop, and it started. Stop. You could just see the metal like bending. Yeah. In. Right. Right. And Holy then we get them into mackerel. the U-Haul, and then on the way back to our parents' house, we're both looking at each other like, "Well, how are we going to get these?" out of the U-Haul. This was like the first moving of big equipment thing that we did. And that we looked at each other. How are we going to get this out of the U-Haul? At the other side. Into the yard. Because <laughs> like they used a forklift. Right, right. And we don't have a forklift we at the other end. We had our two husbands waiting at the house to help us. Yeah. And some yeah. like, and some just... I'm trying to remember. Did Adrian, Rich and Adrian come they, up? They had those big logs. They found like right. The logs they went in out the into the forest this, and they got we a bunch a of logs. We were a hot mess. They went out and they got logs from the forest and like and they like rolled ro- them. It was like, <laughs> like lumberjack style. Down, you know, yeah, they like slid them down the U-Haul into. I think we put them in the shed. We put them. In we the put shed. the ovens in the shed, but. That was crazy. And then remember, we hired that guy yeah, to help us. He was like when an we finally... ex-wrestler or something. I don't 
I don't know. He, he was like, well then, so it came time to move all the equipment to Chicago. So all this stuff was being stored at our parents' house in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And it came, it was like moving weekend to to move all the equipment into the bakery after the build out was done. We were like, gosh, we got to figure out something for these ovens. We don't have any more money. We're out of money. And so we hired someone off Craigslist. We were like, we need someone really strong or with the proper equipment to help us get these ovens onto a U-Haul. And this guy showed up. He was like, quite frankly, he was an older gentleman. And when he rolled up, he was was so nice, nice, but he rolled up. I was like, sorry, sir, but you are not going to be able to move these ovens. And he like strapped on a weightlifting belt and he literally, he had lifted, he had straps that he wrapped the oven in and like lifted the straps. I was was insane. Astounded. I was like laughing. I was so surprised. Right. You got, and you will meet so many people. I think that's like one of the main things is like when you're doing a project like this, you are going to meet so many amazing, random and amazing, kind, helpful weird people. And you're like, why are you helping me? And they're just helping the world is good. Because I asked them to. (laughs) Right. Right. Because I asked them to. That's why they're helping. Right. And that's like one of the best, I think, best parts of our job is like meeting all of these quirky people. I mean, every day, every day we meet quirky people. And do you remember the people who we bought the refrigeration equipment from Mm -hmm. in Michigan? Yeah. They were, I don't remember why they were selling it. They had a bunch of stuff. Like maybe they might've been trying to open something and it didn't work out. The woman. But then in the course of us buying it, her husband, unfortunately passed away. So then she sold us like the rest of the additional equipment, Mm -hmm. the sinks and stuff. Yeah. And it was, it was just like we had formed a great like a connection with yeah. her and a great mm-hmm. bond. And she was like, I'm happy to see this stuff right. being put to use, even though she's going through this like terrible time mm-hmm. in her own life. And right. she was so helpful and kind and like so encouraging. It, and just what you're saying, like you meet wonderful people along the way that you never, ever would have come across. Yeah. Or even if you came right. across them, you probably wouldn't like hear, get to hear their story. Yeah. Or... That's one of the things about, I think, baking too. You just start chatting and then it's like, oh, well, what, what do you make at your bakery? Well, I make pie. And then people... You know, yeah. oh, my grandma used to make the best, you know, rhubarb pie or whatever it is. And it just yeah. like brings people together in a way that's like very, very special because it takes them to a place that's like nostalgic. They're like deep in their heart, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's like one of the best parts about this whole like small business journey is like just meeting, meeting right. interesting people, you know, learning about people's families. Yeah. Just helping each other out. I mean, we're in this business to just make people smile and provide Mm -hmm. that delicious cookie when you've had a hard day or like that slice of pie that you're going to eat on Thanksgiving or whatever. Like you're in it. It's a joy business. We're like in the business of joy. Right. Right. Comfort. Right. Yeah. And that's why this stuff is so cool. And it's, it's so neat to meet people along the way. So that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we started. That's how we started. Eventually, eventually it got open. We had to remove the front windows to fit the ovens in because they wouldn't fit through the door. Eventually everything got installed. Then the bakery opened and we made pie and cookies and biscuits, right? breakfast sandwiches. It took us a long time. 
when I think about like last month, our first six figure month, which is like unbelievable. And I think back to those humble beginnings, like we never could have conceived back then what the business has grown into Mm -hmm. today. And it's bigger than you and me. It's bigger than like what we ever could have conceived it. But I also view it as like, it's just one step at a time. And it's not like we, I don't want to have like a $10 million business. I never wanted this to be like a huge Mm -hmm. business. This is even what it is now is bigger than I ever could have hoped for. Right. And probably a little bigger than I might want it to be. But it's also like, think of how many people you make smile. Like think of how many families are gathered around the table enjoying your pastries or how many memories or milestones you're a small part of I guess like in a way like the way the shop is now it's like you have every day you're like man I really wish we were doing it in this way or I wish we were selling this product or you know I want to do the Friday night dinners or you know like we're able to follow through with these ideas that we want to do at the shop now and so like Years ago, it would be like, well, you would have these ideas and then it's like, we're held back by X, Y, Z and like all these reasons why we're not able to like accomplish this really like dream that we have for the shop. And now we have like such a strong team and we're Mm -hmm. able to take the time we need to like train them to do their job correctly. And then we can focus on something else. And I think that has been like the key to where we are now, like this past month, like being able to follow through on the stuff that I really know that I want to be spending my time on. Like that has been important, I think. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't be where we are today without our team. Right. Like full stop that it's inconceivable that we Mm -hmm. ever would have achieved this level of success without the team. Yeah. I mean that we, we wanted to talk a little bit about like lessons learned. And I think one of the things we've focused on along the way is, well, two things is like people and product and people being number one, our customers people who are buying our products, but also number two, our employees. I think, yeah, like the business has grown in an interesting way where like before there were employees, it was like we were just focusing on making like our customers happy and making sure they felt taken care of and that they had the best product. Right. They were just delighted by meeting new farmers and talking to Renee and, and like connecting with our purveyors. Um, but now it's like the people portion of it has grown exponentially with our customers, obviously, but also we have a pretty good amount of staff that we take care of now. And so it's like, it's just grown so much. Right. I mean, we still try to focus on that customer experience as one of the most important things. And that's like a company value for us is providing a excellent experience for the customer. But especially in the last six months or so, Molly and I have had a lot of conversations about how we can better serve our employees and make sure that we're creating a work environment that's supportive and enriching and really takes care of them as people and as mothers and fathers and husbands and because they have families too. They're So providing a great work environment Mm -hmm. and it all kind of is a web, like an interconnected web. If your employees are well taken care of, 
your customers are going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. The product's going to be that much better. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's it ex- is exciting. It's, it's also very humbling it, to like yeah. think oh, about yeah. it. It's like, man, can't believe I pulled that off. <laughs> sort right. of thing. Um, and I, I personally take it. I feel like very personally responsible for this. Like mm-hmm. now yeah. that it's grown to what it is, I feel like we have a responsibility to our employees, of course, but also our customers in the community. <laughs> I, it kind of hit me last uh, Thanksgiving when somebody reached out and they were like, if they reached out in like September or something and they were like, I need to order my Thanksgiving pies. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be Thanksgiving without a spilt milk pie. And it hit me that like, we're becoming part of people's traditions, you know? And that's a really big deal. Yeah. It's a really big deal. And it's it's really cool and really, like you said, humbling. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful and honored that we get to be part of this for right. so many of, you know, so many that, folks traditions. Yeah, that like the hard work is really like coming across and people are like, wow, like it's, yeah. you know, something yeah. that people right. recognize. And I do take it seriously and yeah. always yeah. looking for ways to make it even better. Even better, yeah. right. Every day. And that's what makes me want to keep showing up every day. People yeah. will be like, you still, you're still there like seven days a week. And yep. I'm like, hell yeah. I mean, I love, I it. love it. I'm not there. I'm, like I'm not there because I'm like, I love dragon it. or resentful. I'm there because I want to be there right. and I it absolutely gives me adore energy. it. Right. It gives me energy to be at the shop, fixing things, tinkering with things. Yeah, t- tinkering is yeah. a good way to put I mean, it. Like, like always help, puttering you know, around, like helping <laughs> fix something that's you know not working quite right, or cleaning, deep cleaning something, or organizing. Like now, our jobs are are really very much like a couple days a week. I'll be in the kitchen, but then. The rest of my job is a lot of tinkering, a lot Fine of like, tuning, yeah, filling in the holes. What did I right. do today? I like watered, went to Pete's and got oat milk because our oat milk delivery was <laughs> late up and in the holiday, right? So it's a little, it's yeah, it never stops, but it's I find so much joy in it, and I'm so still grateful. years later, so grateful and love it so freaking yeah. much, yeah. So and I think like when we were talking about this episode initially, it was like the people that are listening to this, like the full spectrum of people, like there are going to be people that are really just starting out. Maybe you just have an idea of what you want to do. Right. Or maybe I'm sure there are people that are doing a lot more than us. And yeah, it's just, it's all part of the journey. I really enjoy listening to other people's stories of how Mm -hmm. they, how the, like the evolution of their business and, To find inspiration for sure, but also just to be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Like yeah. we're in, in it together and solidarity. You know, right. Right. Yeah. So I hope that this was helpful or at least like we felt a little to. glimmer of solidarity <laughs> yeah, listening to this. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Thank you guys and, for. And being one here. more thing yeah. we wanted to say lessons learned along the way trust your gut. Oh my God. Yes. Trust your gut. You got to trust your gut. There are still some times where I'm like, something's rubbing me the wrong way about this. And then sure enough, I'll find out like a couple weeks later, like I should have trusted my yeah, gut. Number one, trust your, gut. trust your gut. So anyway, I hope, I hope you guys have a, a good rest of your week. Thanks for listening in yeah. and we'll catch you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kitchen Notes. We hope you enjoyed it. 
please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so that you can listen in again next week. And if you appreciated the show, jump over to iTunes and give us a rating or review. It really helps make it possible for us to continue sharing helpful bakery content with you all. And for more information about starting and running a profitable bakery business, visit bakerybusinessacademy.com. Talk to you next week.